arms to Jesus and thank you for the love that he's poured um, and shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you for this morning that we're so conscious of your love. Father, that you love us with an everlasting love and you're never going to let us go. And Father, we just thank you. You want um, want to show us more and more of your love. And Father, we respond to that invitation today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may take your seat. Okay. Wow, lovely to be here this morning. And um, no, I'm not Bruce. I'm Helen, but I'm his other half. And they say as you um, live together, you get more alike. So there's probably likenesses to Bruce this morning. Now, if you want to, if I want you to remember or retain anything, I just want to put out the word invitation. You know, that God has issued us an invitation. He continues to invite us. You know, and people today are being invited into baptism. But sometimes we forget. We forget to RSVP. How many times people don't RSVP and it can be a little bit frustrating? Are you coming? Imagine how Jesus feels sometimes like I'm saying, come. Come and eat. Come and I'll take the yoke off you. But we're not responding or we're not replying. So I want you to think today there's going an invitation with your name on it for your particular need going out there this morning in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God is just saying, I want you to respond. I want you to RSVP and say, yes, I'm coming. Yes, I'm in. Yes, I'm here. God, I want all that you have for me. So how about that? So I entitled my sermon, Back. Now, it sounds a really funny thing, back. And I thought, there's a difference. Coming back sounds nicer than going back. When you're coming back, you're coming back home. Maybe you're coming back to family. You know, maybe you're coming back to eat. But going back sounds a bit more annoying. It's a bit more frustrating. Because often we're going back because we've forgotten something. Is that right? And I'm trying to get somewhere, but I've got to go back. And I've literally illustrated that this morning. But I didn't go back. I forgot my phone. You know what it's like to be without your phone, so I'm not answering my phone, I'm not responding to texts, maybe I'm not RSVPing, but how many times do we have to go back because we've forgotten something? Might be your keys, it might be your phone, you know, and we feel stressed and agitated because we have to go back. But sometimes there's bonuses in going back because you see something that you also forgot, and you can pick that up on the way, and hopefully it's not your kids. So back can be annoying and frustrating, especially when we're trying to go somewhere. But I want to encourage us today to come back or go back to grace. You know, grace began when we met Jesus. Jesus is grace. Why would we want to live our lives without grace? You know, grace is God's favor. You know, God's love demonstrated towards us. God's covering of all our shame, all our condemnation. Grace is the flow of God to our lives that enables us to do what we couldn't do in the natural. Where would we be 
without God's grace. We would be struggling. We would be left alone. We would be left trying to, you know, mend our own lives and fulfill the will of God in our own strength. You know, when we come back to grace, we come back to what the Bible says, unforced rhythms. Unforced rhythms of grace, where there's a flow, where there's an ease, where there's a sense of being in step with the creator of the universe, our almighty God. And he backs us as we come back to grace. Is it possible in our quest for the future that we forget about something so important as the grace of God? In Acts 20, verse 32, Paul says, So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to his word of grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Here's Paul recommending the word of grace. Grace. He was a master builder. You know, he went around establishing churches, putting leaders in place. But he said, I commend, and he had done his race well. He didn't regret anything. He had applied himself. But I commend you to the word of grace. It's able to build you up. The word that you heard when you met me, the word that you heard as you've traveled with me, the word of grace. But how often are we just trying to move on without the word of grace? If I was to ask you, would you know what your word of grace is? It's able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst the saints. So I'm going to preach a sermon of pictures. When I read the Word of God, I use my imagination, and I've often entered into the scene. So I want you to come with me today and enter into the scene of what I'm preaching. And the first point is, let's come back to grace. Okay, and um, we need those Word of Graces, like I've said, grace prophetic words. And I just thought of one the other day and it came back to me in a whole different way. But it was from Proverbs 9 in the Message Bible from 1 to 6. And um, Bruce got this word of grace, prophetic word, when we started the church in London. It's like, this is what you need to do and this is who you need to be. Just as Lady Wisdom has built and furnished her home, it's supported by seven hewn timbers The banquet meal is ready to be served, lamb roasted, wine poured out, table set with silver and flowers. Having dismissed her serving maids, Lady Wisdom goes to town. She stands in a prominent place and invites everyone within sound of her voice. Are you confused about life? Don't know what's going on? Come with me. Oh, come have dinner with me. I've prepared a wonderful spread. Fresh baked bread, roast lamb, carefully selected wines, leave your impoverished confusion and live. Walk up the street to a life with meaning. Here we've got a picture of welcome. Here is a compelling invitation. Why would you stay in your impoverished confusion when you can walk up the street to a life of meaning, when you can sit down and enjoy the hospitality of Lady Wisdom, the Spirit of God, the Word of Grace, which is going to transform and empower your life? And God was saying to us, a key in London is hospitality. That's your Word of Grace. Grace is what gets the job done. You know, grace is in the seed of the word that we are given, that we receive by faith to bring multiplication. We can strive, we can work, we can experiment, 
But when we have the word of grace, we are assured that what we're believing for will happen because it's associated with grace. And grace gets the job done. And maybe today we need to come back to grace. It just works because it's in accordance with his will. So when we were in London, we were the hosts. Bruce and I went to university, having never been to university, and we gave out chocolates and coffee, and we invited people to our afternoon service at 4.30, and we did hospitality like food, and you know, how, how many know that that's attractive to students? You know, the cheesecake shop was also very helpful. So we were hosting, and we were welcoming them in to come and hear about Jesus, You know, we were providing an opportunity and an environment for them to come. While we adhered to the prophetic word, the church prospered. If we let it slip, we saw the church lag. And it's the same with you. You've got a word of grace that you need to adhere to and work out in your life. But you know, just in the busyness of life recently, God brought this word back to me, but he flipped it around. You know, I've always thought, yeah, I'm the host. I host the Holy Spirit. I host a move of God. I make room so God can move. But God said, Helen, will you let Lady Wisdom host you? Because he will show me things that I've never seen before. And I'm like, yeah, I'm busy today. But Lady Wisdom, Spirit of God, would you host me? You want to set the table for me. You want to lay it all out. You want to show me things and give me keys that I wouldn't know apart from meeting with you, from coming into that place with you. And all day I went, thank you, Lady Wisdom. You're hosting me. I'm leaving my impoverished confusion, even though I didn't feel terribly confused, but it's like I want to learn more of what God has for me. So it was a flip from seeing myself as the host to go, I need to be hosted. And I want to put it out to you today. You need to be hosted too. We don't know it all. We don't know completely the full picture God has. But we can get into the picture. And all day I dreamed. I was in the office, but I'm like, thank you, Lady Wisdom. You're hosting me. You're showing me what I can't see. You're showing me the expanse of who you are and what you desire to do in and through my life. So the Spirit of God wants to host us. He set a table, and he wants to bring blessing, food, nurture you, encourage you, propel you, prepare you, instruct you, reveal truth to you. How many know that there's truth within truth? You can put a pebble in water, and the deeper it drops, the more the ripples. There is truth within truth, and we just stay at a point, and we forget about grace. And we press on without grace. But there's an invitation. Will you come to the the table today? Will you let Lady Wisdom? Lady Wisdom, the Spirit of God, was there when God created. He knows best how you will operate. So leave your impoverished confusion. Perhaps it's we're, we're confused or we're impoverished in our thinking. Perhaps we're impoverished relationally. Maybe financially. Maybe in dreams and vision we're impoverished and God is just saying, come, I want to host you. What do you know about being hosted? 
You know, when you host someone, you want them to sit down and relax. Just enjoy. I've covered it all, and I'll even do the dishes for you afterwards. Just sit. Just enjoy. But we're up. And God's just saying, sit down. Just sit down. Sit down and just be hosted. We don't know sometimes how to be hosted. We want to be up and doing. And Psalm uh, 46, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Verse 10 to 12 of the same passage said, Skilled living gets its start in the fear of God. Inside into life from knowing a holy God. It's through me, Lady Wisdom, that your life deepens. And I want my life to deepen. And the years of your life ripen. Live wisely and wisdom will permeate your life. Mock life and life will mock you. We're not still enough to hear the wisdom of God. Life has a way of turning back on us. And we need to say, no, God, I need more of you. The invitation's out there. Will you be hosted? Will you let God host you? We want skilled life. When you think of skill, it's easier to do things if you've got skill. Then when you're trying, you're struggling, life just goes a lot easier. So today there's an invitation to hear wisdom right here, right now. Will you RSVP with a yes? Come on, be good at, let's get good at allowing God to host us because he's ready, he's willing, he's prepared, he's done it all. And we're the ones that are reluctant. I've just got to get this done. Just got to get, carry on. No, I can't stop. I don't want to go back. But sometimes we've got to come back to grace. So let's be thankful that God wants to host us. It's not all about driving us. It's not all about pushing us about hosting us so a better service will come from our worship. Okay, today we're invited. Let's walk up that street um, to find the meaning of life and marvel at what is set for us. Here's a thought. If we don't let Lady Wisdom host us, who is hosting us? Who's hosting you? Is it social media? You know, telling you all sorts of things, not wise things necessarily. Is it TV, the opinions of people? Let's make sure we're hosted by the Spirit of God. You know, we need to be aware there's a battle going on. There are assignments for the souls of men and women, and we can see that when we look around the world. We're in a fight. We're in a battle. And you know, one of the, my favorite places is, um, in London is Churchill's War Cabinet Rooms. You know, where the plotting and the planning of the war took place, where there were maps, where there were transatlantic tele- telecommunications. It's where Churchill, who led England through those darkest days, consulted with the intelligence. He consulted with his um, soldiers, with his other cabinet members. And it's fabulous to go through that and say, they withdrew from the war at time to receive strategies. And in the bunker of the Holy Spirit, I personally receive my fight song. I receive my fight song so when discouragement comes, I've already got my fight song. I've already been there and I've got a plan. When the enemy comes in to cause me to doubt that there's delay, I just say, no, I've got a fight song. 
Because I've been in the bunker of the Holy Spirit. I love to get into the bunker. I love to find the plans of God. I love to hear the strategies that outweigh anything I could think of, which gives me a cutting edge, which gives me the ability to press on, to persevere, to keep going in the things that God has called me to. Come on, will you bunker down with the Holy Spirit? Will you go into that place of hearing what he's saying to you? So we need to come back to grace. Maybe it's for your family. You know, maybe it's for your career. Maybe it's for your health. You need to bunker down with the Holy Spirit and allow him to show you maybe even a new way, a new route, a new way through, something you've never, ever seen before. So to go forward, we need to go back to grace and let Lady Wisdom host us. Number two, I'm going to move quickly now, glance back. And often we're taught, don't look back, which is true. Don't look back on your failures. Don't look back on your condemnation. Don't look back on your fears, but focus forward. But who knows, you do need to glance in the rear vision mirror. If you don't, you might not be aware someone's going to crash into you or someone's going to suddenly overtake you. And I want to suggest that we glance back to see what we're leaving behind. It's all right to want to go forward. That's the plan, vision. We've got vision, but we also need to glance back and see how others are doing, to see what we're leaving behind. And we need to do that because what you leave undone you're going to have to return to. And I often think, how am I leaving things? Because I actually have to come back to this. Have you, how you leave things is what you come back to. What do you come back to? I always want to come back to harmony. I want to come back to peace. I want to come back to flow, but it all depends on how I leave things. And in my quest for vision, for forward, which I'm about, I'm always glancing back. How have I left things? Because if I don't attend to things, those things are going to um, get my attention in one way or the other. What have you left behind? You know, maybe you need to go back, mend that argument. Maybe you need to back back. Maybe you need to clean that room. Maybe you need to pay that bill. Because what you don't attend to will in time demand your attention. Here's another picture from Proverbs. Um, you've probably heard me share it before. One day I walked by the field of an old lazy bones and then passed the vineyard of a lout. They were overgrown with weeds, thick with thistles, all the fences broken down. I took a long look and pondered what I saw. The fields preached me a sermon. And that really got me. The fields preached me a sermon. And I listened. What around you, behind you, is preaching you a sermon? Something you may have left undone. Come on, there's grace for the little things. There's grace for the vision, but there's grace for the small things in life. Because the big things are made up of a whole lot of small things. And we want the big things to be godly, not ungodly. And it just says a nap here, do it tomorrow. A nap there, a day off there, a day off there, here, there whatever. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Justice. You can look forward to a dirt poor life with poverty as your permanent house guest. Come on, if we neglect what God is saying, hey, pay attention. Change that attitude. 
don't, you'll come back to it. It won't go away. Even though you're determined to go, it'll still be there. And you'll have to face it. And if we don't, poverty like a house guest moves in where we have that impoverished thinking, where we have that poor mentality or that attitude that's not right to others. So come on, people, we just sometimes need to look back, glance back. Last point is three is number three is back to Jesus. Where is he? And in John 21, um, he was on the beach. And he was giving an invitation to the disciples to come for breakfast. How many people are going on in life? Not you guys. But like, wonder where Jesus is. I'm so far out there. I'm so busy. We've actually forgotten where he is. And he's like, come and eat breakfast with me. How many people are breakfast eaters? Yeah, I love breakfast. Sometimes I go to bed thinking about, oh, I'm looking forward to my coffee in the morning. <laughs> and I'm looking for my co- forward to my coffee in the morning because that's my quiet time with Jesus. It's like it's more than just a coffee. It's my time of revelation. It's my time of bunkering down. It's my time of meeting and finding out what he wants to say to me. So I look forward to breakfast. John 21 is headed, breakfast by the sea. And I read that in the, um, in the lead up to shout. I was busy, but I went, oh, that sounds amazing. Breakfast by the sea with Jesus. Like to be by the sea having breakfast. So I pictured my bedroom. I know, it's imagination. Like I'm by the sea, I'm having breakfast with Jesus by the sea. So you can use your imagination, it's all right. Or is that weird? (laughs) Because Jesus wanted to encounter the disciples again. This is no ordinary breakfast. Jesus is hosting this breakfast. Verse one to three, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, he was discouraged, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat and that night they caught nothing. Can I say to you and to myself, condemnation does not produce a catch. They went out of the fear, out of the condemnation, out of the sense that we've failed, we've let Jesus down. They went fishing, they went back to what they could naturally do with their hands and what they had done throughout their life. But condemnation will never produce a catch. Why? Because there's no light in their soul. Come on, we need light in our soul. We need the energy of being hosted by the Holy Spirit, of hearing the passion that's in his heart, in his heart not from the condemnation or the striving of our own. Striving does not bring fruit. Verse four, but when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Where's Jesus? Who's that on the shore? They were so caught up in their emotions, their endeavors, and their frustrations that they failed to recognize him. Verse five, then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. 
Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and he plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they'd come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153, and although there were so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast, an invitation. Jesus was wanting to show them a different way of doing it. They got stuck into the way they had thought. They were doing it out of their own efforts, out of their own striving, of their own returning to something because they felt despair. But Jesus was there to regather them, regroup them, and he used breakfast as a drawing point. And today, Jesus is inviting you like Lady Wisdom is, inviting you, and you just need to RSVP. And I love the name of the sea. It's the Sea of Tiberias. I don't know, what does Tiberias mean? Tiberias means vision. It was a breakfast of vision. It also had meant the navel. I'm like, well, that's not so exciting. But maybe, <laughs> maybe it's about being centered. And I'm like, we need breakfast by the sea with Jesus for vision to be centered. He needed to revision the disciples who had lost hope. And when they followed what he did and cast their nets on the other side, they got such a big catch. But the catch did not break the nets. When Jesus ordains the catch, it's not going to break you. It's not going to be more than you can handle because he's ordained it and he's authorized it. And nothing is going to be too big when it's the word of grace to you. And we need to know the word of grace. Jesus was bringing them back. He was bringing the disciples back to vision to alignment, to commission, feed my sheep. Tend and love my lambs and my sheep. What's it all about? It's not about your failure. It's not about your condemnation. It's not about you striving. It's about you coming back, coming back to grace, eating breakfast with me, letting lazy wisdom host you and coming in. He was bringing them back from disappointment, disillusionment, confusion, and failure. So today, the invitation's there, and I pray that it'll go out now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just if you close your eyes. He's drawing you. He's calling you. And we've got to listen to the voice of the Lord over the waters. You know, over the waters of what we do in life, what we're called to do, who we are, over our families, listen for the voice of the Lord. It says the voice of the Lord is over the waters. And he called to the disciples, cast your net. What you're doing is not going to produce fruit. And I've chosen you to be a fruit. Cast it on the other side. And they could say, this is not what we normally do. This is not what we've been trained to do, but Jesus at your bidding will do it. And then the fruit, then the prosperity, then the catch. So right now, just listen for the voice of the Lord over the waters, over your life. What's he saying? What's the instruction? He's bringing 
Will you RSVP to his invitation? He set the fire. He set the food. And he's like, come, come and eat. Come and listen. Come and hear. There's seasons of change. And we can't force seasons. We've got to learn to flow with the seasons of God. And maybe God just wants to show some people here it's a change of season. It's a change of doing maybe similar, same things, but differently. Doing them with a new edge, with a new impotence. With a new anointing. Just let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Just connect with his heart. So you can be sent forth by grace and empowerment and love with assurance. The word of grace works. It will build you up and give you an inheritance in the saints. Let's come back. Back to grace. Receive your fight song in the bunker of the Holy Spirit. Come on, Jesus has invited you to come. You know, he gave out an invitation 2,000 years ago by dying on the cross in our place that we might be free, that all the penalty of our sin could be swallowed up in a sense in, in him shedding his blood on the cross. And maybe you're here today and you have an RSVP. You've just left his sacrifice hanging out there. He knows, but he loves you just the same. But today might be the day you're saying, I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna answer, I'm gonna put my hand in his and I'm gonna receive him as my Lord and Savior to be the lead of my life. Why would I wanna miss out on his wisdom? Why would I wanna miss out on the word of his grace? Why wouldn't I wanna miss out on that communion that I can have with him? And if you're here today and you say, I've never done that. Or maybe I've made the decision and I've moved away and I need to RSVP because the invitation is going out there again. And if that's you and you would like to respond and say, today I RSVP, I say, yes, Jesus, I come to your invitation. I don't wanna miss out on the goodness of God. I don't wanna miss out on all the good things you have for me. If you just like to respond, just lift your hand. We'll acknowledge it and then we'll pray for you. We'll join in and support you as you pray a prayer to open your heart and give your life to Jesus. Why wouldn't you want to? The greatest invitation of all time. Thank you over here. Just looking around. Just shoot your hand up in the air if that's you. Say, I'm RSVPing. I'm here. I'm coming. Thank you, Jesus. How about we just join in prayer? I'm not sure how many hands have gone up, but let's pray with those who've responded. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me, that the penalty of my sins would be dealt with. I ask you to forgive me, and I thank you that you give me a brand new start, that you welcome me in, and you desire to show me the path of life. I receive you today. I say yes, I come in Jesus' name, amen. How about we give those people a clap? Okay, so as we go, 
today, think of the invitation. Maybe we're just missing a few. We're missing the cues. We're missing it, we're tucking it away. But God said, I want you to respond. God's good.